Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast. In today's episode, you are going to learn about opportunities for high school students in the CTAE Pathways program that's offered at high schools. It's a dual enrollment program where students can go to high school and get technical skills at the same time. My guest today is an assistant principal, and she grew up in Texas, and she, uh, after graduating in a class of 30 kids, she grew up in a small town. Her parents weren't able to financially send her to college, so she stayed at home and attended a local community college while working a full-time job. She eventually transferred to a four-year college and got her degree. She decided that she was going to pursue education, and she started off in social work and then transferred to business, and she has been in education for the past 21 years as a career technical assistant educating teacher in Texas. She's taught at various business courses through the seven years, and she transitioned from school counseling after moving to Georgia. And she is now, she started off as a counselor for dual enrollment program. She's done that for eight years. In the past six years, she has been an assistant principal. Please welcome Jessica Whitley to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Jessica, how are you today? Hi, Keith. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, Jessica, I know I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, be on the podcast today. I know that you've just moved and you have had a very hectic schedule. So I'm very grateful for that. How are you doing? Taking a breath, you know. It's busy I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the second week of my three weeks off for the summer that I get as an assistant principal. So I'm trying to make the most of my time. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Hey, I got to tell you, I just was uh, texting with uh, Hassan. Hassan. Alti. He is a, uh, well, we did an uh, actual day in the life interview and I finally got that interview completely edited and uh, I sent it to him and I'm setting up to do, to interview him for a podcast. Just some reference people, Jessica Whitley's, Jessica introduced me to Hassan. That's why we're talking about Hassan. So, uh, yeah, that, but, he's you know, my kid. Things, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I really admire about you, Jessica, is you're so dedicated to these young people and these students. So much respect to you for doing that. So Jessica, talk to me about, you know, when you were growing up, what did you want to become? So that's kind of a funny story. When I was little, I wanted to be a race car driver because I just, you know, I thought it was fun speeding down the road. Don't tell the police that. But, and, and my dad worked on cars a lot. He was, after he left the police force, he was a truck driver. And so he did all the work on our cars and that sort of thing. And I'd go out there with him. And one of the things that he had instilled in my brother and I is we were not getting our own car until we could take care of it. We had to be able to change the oil, you know, check everything, the windshield wiper fluid, change a tire and that sort of thing. And I thought, this is really cool. So, you know, I thought being a mechanic was pretty cool, but you know, as you had mentioned, I grew up in a really small town. And the only thing that we had at my school that was not academic type stuff was literally the girls were filtered into a typing class. Go figure. Oh, yeah. And a, a home ec, or what used to be called home ec. Um, now it's, you know, family that. consumer science. So I learned how to sew and pick out carpet for interior designs. And I learned how to type 100 words a minute. But I got no training on 
what I thought was cool, you know, which was building and that sort of thing. I got to take a short connections class and what, you know, back in the day when we were in school, it was called shop class and, you know, build a birdhouse and that sort of thing. So, you know, ultimately that's what I wanted to do, but it just, back when I was in school and in the environment that I came from, it didn't set me up for that because that just wasn't the norm, you know? So my mom was an accountant. She actually did that when she was in the military. And so she kind of had a, a big influence on, okay, well, you should go in the business. So I switched to that. And it was funny because a friend of mine had posted on Facebook one time, if you could go back, turn back the clock and go back and major in anything, what would you do? And I was like, be a mechanic. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. I, I, I love working it. with my hands and I'm a really yeah. crafty person. I make I make everything. Yes. So I, I think working with my hands is, is really what I was meant to do. So I kind of, I get that outlet for myself doing crafts and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's, we're, we're very blessed to live in a time where even though we may have a nine to five job, the, we still have the opportunity to do other things that we enjoy. And you, know, you can now moonlight in doing second careers. And it's, it's not hard to transition to a different career if you want it. So thank God that you can do that. And thank God that the stereotypes of women having to do typing and home ec are, I think are starting to fade away more. That's, I, I feel that in today's day and time, because, you know, we do see a lot. I know personally, I've interviewed a lot of women who are in the skill trades and are doing very well. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. You know, one of the things I have to say is you are very passionate about the work you do with your children. And I, and that's one of the things I really admire about you. That's why we're one of the definite reasons why we're doing this interview. Where did that passion come from? I think part of it came from just the, the fact that my dad had always told me, and I always believed that I needed to be who I need to be as an adult and as an educator, who mm-hmm. I needed when I was growing up. And, you know, I didn't have anybody to guide me on that type of stuff. And I learned the hard way. You know, I switched majors three times. I didn't set myself up financially to be able to go to a four-year school. So I did a two-year school, which is which was great. But I just felt like these kids are learning all about math and science and taking the SAT because that's what's out there. And I just feel like there's so much more to what opportunities there are and some of the trades that are out there, they just they just don't know about anymore. You know, I think there's been a, a definite transition back when I first started as an educator, as a CTAE teacher, I taught business classes. And there was a huge shift probably 10, 12 years ago from where Georgia had a technical diploma and a college prep diploma to the one diploma. And we mm-hmm. started losing kids. And the kids that we were losing, I found were the kids that I had the best relationships with because- they were me when I was in high school. Sure. So I, I almost feel like every time I'm talking to one of them, I'm having the conversation that I wish somebody had had with me. Yes. Yes. No, I get that. That makes that makes perfect sense. And also, I think you take pride in watching these young people blossom and go on to do great things. And you know what? They're going to one day influence another young person and they'll remember you. I tell you, people remember good educators, educators who had influence on them and help move them in the right direction, especially the time that was critical in their lives. You know, don't underestimate the impact you've had on these people's lives, on these young people's lives. They will remember that for a long time. You know, we always remember good good teachers and good principals and good good leaders, good good educators. So I felt like I had the most impact when I was a counselor. And that's one of the reasons I switched because when I was in the classroom, I was building those 
relationships with the kids and we were having such impactful conversations about jobs and careers and and I would, but, but then the bell would ring. I'm like, no, no, I'm not done. I'm not done talking to yeah, you. Yeah. And so that's actually the reason I got into school counseling was so that I could focus more. Cause when I had a classroom of 30 kids, there was really five or six that I, I felt pulled to and drawn to, to guide and work with. And so I thought, well, you know, it's not that the other kids didn't need me, but they had all these other people also in their life. You know, their other academic teachers, they had, you know, moms and dads at home that were propelling them in that direction. And so I felt like as a school counselor, I would be able to focus a little bit more on those, what I would have had those five and six in a classroom of 30, then I could focus more on one-on-one with them. So yeah. um, that's, that's actually the reason I got into it is just so that I could, you know, pull them along a little bit better than having a, a classroom of 30 kids. Yeah. I also think that you give more real world advice because, you know, I've heard from people where the counselors have just missed the mark sometimes. And, and that's not a knock on, on educators, all educators. People do the best they can with what they have. So, Jessica, early in your career, who had a big influence on you and what did you learn from them? So early on in my career, I started as a teacher. So I would say that my, the biggest influence was actually my kids because they're the ones who actually taught me what they needed. You know, I think mm-hmm. we go into our job as teachers thinking, okay, well, we know what the kids need and we have this information that we want to share. But I learned very quickly within the first couple years that really what I needed was for them to tell me what they needed, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, I could teach them how to use a word in Excel and create a website, but at the same time, did they even need to know that? So when we got into my second year in, when we got into the unit where we were doing career exploration, because in, in career tech departments or career tech classes, there's always an employability component. There's always a, you know, where you do career exploration. And that's like a two week, it's usually like a two week unit. Well, I found four weeks later, we were still on that unit. And I thought, whoa, you know, we got to roll. But the kids loved it because they were like, well, you're like the first one who like told us how much money you're going to make doing this. Well, you're the first one that said anything about, you know, you could go get, you know, a trade for a a lot cheaper and then work as a part-time doing that and then go to four-year school. So there was just, so for me, the biggest influence was my kids because they helped me to guide my teaching on teaching them the curriculum but within the curriculum, what did they actually need to know? And sure. as I mentioned, that's what I, I wish somebody had done that for me. So I tried to incorporate that into my teaching was, you know, listening to what they wanted to know, trying to keep them on topic of the curriculum, but then add in something that they would take away from it. So, you know, my goal was always for them to leave my classroom going, cool, I didn't know that. Yes. And a lot of times, Keith, it wasn't curriculum stuff. It wasn't like, cool, I didn't know how to make change the margins on my Word document. Mm-hmm. It was, cool, I didn't know that you could dual enroll and get college courses while you're in high school. Yes. So I would say, you know, like I said, they. I think they were the biggest influence on me in learning what they needed. Here, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we, we always think we know what they need. and But if you listen, they'll let you know what they need. Well, I agree. I agree. And you know what? A, a lot of challenges are resolved with just good communication. And God gave you two ears for a reason and one mouth. So, <laughs> you know, you, you, you get more when you listen. And, and, you know, I think a lot of students wish that educators would listen more. That's a common complaint. And I think you, you get that. Uh, you know, it's obvious from 
how you connect with your students. So, you know, talking about the program, can you talk to me about the training program with the Chattahoochee Technical College and, you know, talk to me about the availability for students? Yeah, so all high school students, so this isn't, you know, specific to my school or my county, but all students in, in a public high school, and then even some in private school and homeschool, have the opportunity to do what's called dual enrollment. And what mm-hmm. it means is that they're a high school student But in addition to taking courses at their high school, they can actually take courses at a college. So in the past, it's, you know, the most traditional way to, quote, dual enroll is when kids will do like their academic classes at, you know, University of North Georgia or Kennesaw. And then they take their electives at school, like their band and their weight training and that sort of thing. Well, one of the things that I had started kind of when I was a counselor was kind of flipping Flipping that in that I was I focused a little bit more on the kids who didn't really find that they were in those types of classes like they weren't in weight training because they weren't athletes. They weren't in band. They were the kids who only came to school because they had to. Yes. And so I would ask them, well, what do you want to do? And they would say, well, I really want to work on cars or I want to do hair or whatever it was. And so I started just doing a little bit more digging and and I learned from working with Chat Tech specifically that students can actually dual enroll where they do their academics at their home-based school and and do their electives at Chat Tech. So I'll give you an example. I had a student about three years ago, a young man who he was in his junior year we were struggling to keep him engaged at school. He he did not like the the bell rings every hour. You move to a different class. It just it wasn't for him, and that that structure's not for everybody. But so it, it was coming down to where he started having the conversation of I'm just I'm just not going to come back next year. I'm just going to quit and work full time. I was like whoa whoa time out time out. What can we do? So I asked him, you know, well, what do you foresee yourself doing in a job? And he's like, well, you know, I work at, and I don't remember, he worked at like Ace Hardware or T- Tractor Supply or somewhere like that. And he, he thought it was really cool. And he said, I, I want to weld. And I was like, okay, well, what if I could find you welding classes? And he said, well, we don't offer that here, here, you know, at the school that I'm at. And I said, well, I, I know, but, but let me talk to Chat Tech and see if, see if we can figure something out. So that kind of started me on the trajectory of working with Chat Tech in a non-traditional dual enrollment sense where I had a group of students that then were doing our academics at my school mm-hmm. and going to Chat Tech to do their electives. So mm-hmm. he graduated last year. He ended up staying. He graduated last yeah. year as a senior. And when he graduated in May, he also graduated from Chat Tech with two certificates in welding. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's a certified basic shielded arc welding He's a certificate is what he's got, but he did that with getting a high school diploma. So I think, and again, I don't think students realize that that's an option because the traditional sense of dual enrollment is doing your academics there. Yeah. And, and I think also he's working now, according to what you're saying. So he yes. Yeah. He works full time now. Yeah. He's full time so, making really good money. He makes about $21, $22 an hour. That's phenomenal. At 21 years old, 20 or 21 years old. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. That's good money at that age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so that that is great to hear. So, folks, just want to reiterate what Jessica said. With this dual dual enrollment program, you know, we have students who are graduating with the high school diploma and that certification, and now they're able to work right away and make a good living. And this particular student is making $21 an hour which is not a bad living for a high school graduate, but just getting out of school. So, 
That's really the benefit of the skilled trades in this program. So let's talk about speaking of skilled trades. Let's talk about Be Proud, Go Pro, because they do some great work and they're promoting careers in the skilled trades. And um, I, I know you're very familiar with them. Can you tell me about that, that organization? Sure. Um, Be Pro, Be Proud is an, it's a, an organization. It was actually started in a different state. I don't recall which, but it's, it's moved here to Georgia. And the um, Office of Economic Development is the one who kind of works with them and schedules them. Um, I believe I had mentioned her to you before. And what it is, it is a, it's actually a rig. If you think of an 18-wheeler rig, and it's set up where the whole side of it drops down. And it has modules in it that students, they go to schools. They go to technical schools, they go to high schools, middle schools, and it is a way for students to go out to the rig and explore plumbing, welding, truck driving. I think they've got an engineering one. They're, they've got several on the rig. And what they do is they kind of encourage the kids to, quote, join the movement. And when they join the movement, it basically means they, you know, set up an account with Be Pro, Be Proud. It's not an account where you buy anything or you're you know, that sort of thing, but you're setting up your account so that you can follow along with, you know, employers and industry people of who's looking for those types of workers. So say I join the movement and, you know, I'm really interested in plumbing for say, and then I can connect with the companies who hire plumbers through Be Pro Be Proud. It's a it's a phenomenal program. It doesn't cost anything for the system. Last year we were so fortunate. Each high school, there's six high schools in my county, and each of the six high schools were able to have the rig at their school for an entire week. Wow. So for five days straight, I ran, you know, 20 kids in and out of the rig every period. And, and it's really cool. It I've was so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and I got to get out to it. I know you, you sent me an invite, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it out. That's I, okay. I promise you come September, I will be, I will be making it out. Well, it'll so, be at it'll be at Creekview um, the week of October fourth, that first week. I love to have you out there. I do have that on my calendar. Good, I do have yeah. that on my calendar, so I'm going to make sure that I make it out. Yeah, so um, I'd love anybody to check that website out too. It's beproproud.org, and it's um, or .ga.org. I have to look at it, but I, I, I have that actually in my favorites. But I will make Good. sure that that goes in the notes. Thank People you. Google be pro be proud go pro. It'll pop up. Good. Um, okay, good. They have different locations across, primarily around, I'd say, the southeast. So uh, it's definitely a great organization to check out for anybody interested in the skilled trades. Jessica, you know, you have experience as a guidance counselor, and so you have a lot of experience working with students. How can we connect with today's students to help them understand the value of careers in the skilled trades? I think the biggest thing is we've got to continue to fight the stigma that skilled trades are for people who can't go to college or they're for people who, you know, don't have the aptitude, if you will. You know, I think, as I mentioned back in my day, it was those kids or those workers or those people. And and by those, I always mean they were referring to those people who were the mechanics and the plumbers and the electricians because they're blue collar workers. And, and it was this idea that they did those jobs because they weren't able to go to college. So I think we have to just continue fighting that. And, and I think the biggest thing is to expose them to what those jobs actually entail. You know, mechanics are no longer, you know, um, I, and, and I say this affectionately because my dad, you know, used to joke with me about it. When he was up underneath the car, you know, he'd come out and he'd be changing the oil and his hands were all greasy. And he'd be like, oh, I look like a grease monkey. And and yeah. so I think there's this stigma that when you hear mechanic, 
You think, yeah. you know, you have oil all over your face and you, you're just filthy all the time. But now yeah. cars, cars are electric. Cars have yes, yeah. computer circuit boards in them. And so, you know, I think the kids just don't realize that what they have in their mind, this this picture of the 1950s and 60s or what and 70s of what these some of these trades look like. It's not what they are anymore. And I think the, the biggest thing, too, is is to get them to see on paper, physically put the numbers in front of their face and say, yes, yes. it's going to cost you, um, let's see, you figure a certificate is about 12 hours. So they can get a certificate for about $1,500 at Chat Tech for welding. And then go That's make, you know, $15, $18 an hour. Like, I think they need to see in the front of them, I guess is what I'm saying. And I know you're going to have to edit this. This is awful. But I think what they're going to need to see is in their face to see, you know, columns almost. This is your cost. And then this is what you're going to be able to make. Because I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is the kids go to four-year schools. And I hear it all the time. I heard it all the time as a counselor. Well, what are you going to major in? I don't know. I'm like, well, then why are you going? Oh, because my mom wants me to. Or because that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it is for some, I mean, obviously, like to be a teacher, I had to go to, you know, four-year school. But there's a lot of kids who are going and they're not even sure why. And so they're accumulating all this debt. So if we can show students that, hey, there's a way to make a really good living without incurring all the debt and taking classes just because you think you're supposed to take them, I, I think that's going to help. I think that's going to go a long way for them to realize that there's some other options. Yes, I agree. You know, I'll, I'll also say that, you know, I know for um, the automotive industry, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of these cars are computer-based. And I remember I was visiting, I forget the name of the technical college, but they work with Mercedes. And Mercedes, you're doing a lot of coding. And so it's very technical. And there was this kid who came out of the program, one of the programs, I think it was Gwinnett Technical College. I, I want to say it was Gwinnett Technical College. 19 years old, 80, I think it was like 85K starting at Mercedes. And the reason for that is Mercedes had their cars in the school. The kid, you know, the, the, the students were actually working on the cars. So Mercedes already knew that, hey, these guys, you don't have to train them. They're basically coming out of the school. They've already been working on cars, real world situation. And you know what? I mean, I don't own, I've never owned a luxury car, but I would imagine it's very expensive to fix them. And so as a result, they, oh, they sure. hire the best people. And so, you know, that, you know, there's definitely an advantage in, in doing some of these skill trades in terms of the salaries are good. And you're not in school as well, which is amazing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You're able to enter the work. And that's what, you know, again, that's kind of one of those draws to students, especially when you ask them what they want to major in and they're, they just, are going to go to four-year school and spend four years and they have no idea what they're doing, if they can go to school for a year and a half, even two years, and, and and start making their money immediately, even if it just buys them time to make some money to figure out what they want to do sure. different, you know, differently. I, I think, you know, we, we didn't touch on, but I do want to just kind of mention really quick, I think for high school kids, not only obviously is the dual enrollment a you know, a great opportunity for them to get the certifications at the college level. But the other thing that high school kids need to keep in mind is all the career tech classes that they have in high school are offering them certifications. You know, we just had 42 kids get OSHA certified, which is a lifetime certification in our ag program at my school at no cost to them. So they're graduating high school 
and it has nothing to do with dual enrollment, but they're getting, they're OSHA certified now. So yeah, I just, I, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, what kids can come out of high school with and, and enter the workforce and be career ready. Like you mentioned, you know, the kids who work on the Mercedes, same, same kind of same concept, you know, our ag kids next year will be learning. We ordered Briggs and Stratton curriculum, which is oh, small nice. engines. So yeah. we're going to have a group of, I think there's like 10 or 11 kids in that class. They will be, they will get certified for, from Briggs and Stratton. So when they graduate high school, they can get a job immediately working on small engines at no cost to them. So there's there's a lot of kids that are missing some of those certifications and opportunities even within the high school, you know, with not taking some of those career tech classes. And there, there's two advantages to that. The first advantage is that you're getting a certification for free that stays right. with you. So it's free right. education. You can't beat that. Second advantage is it just boosts your, your earning potential. Anytime you have certifications... Now your earning potential has gone up. Great. Your chances of getting hired by companies goes up because you have the certifications. We're, we're living in today, the market today is looking for skills and certifications because that tells people that you can actually do the job. You right. Know? Hey, do you have any stories you want to share of people who've had, who've graduated from the uh, Chattahoochee Technical College and had uh, gotten jobs that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, so I, I've, I've got a couple, but the one that I that sticks out the most, which is one he he was one of my first kids that I did dual enrollment with, and I was actually in um, White County at the time, who started me on the transition of looking into this non traditional dual enrollment. He was a senior in high school. He was doing dual enrollment at North Georgia Technical College, so it was before I came to Cherokee and was working with Chat Tech. He was doing welding. So he graduated high school and walked across the stage. And the week before that, he had actually already graduated from North Georgia Technical College um, with a degree in welding. So when graduation started that following Monday, you know, everybody was talking about what they were going to go do for their summer. And he was itching. He could not wait. And I was like, Raphael, what are you going to go do? And he's like, I start my new job on Monday. I said, oh, you know, what kind of job did you get? And I'm just thinking a regular part-time job that, you know, high school kids get. He said, I just signed a contract with Kubota. And I said, Kubota? And he said, yeah. He said they had come, they were a guest speaker in one of his welding classes when he was over at the technical school doing his dual enrollment classes. And he kind of was one of their shining students in class. And, and he got to talking to them. And now, mind you, this was, okay, so I've been in Cherokee. This is about 14 years ago. So, you know, back then, so he graduated 18 years old, started the Monday after high school graduation, making $16 an hour. That's and that was great. 14 years ago. That's a big deal. Um, and that was working for Kubota. And then, you know, as I mentioned before, I've got an, another kid. This was a few years ago where I'm at now. You know, he wanted to quit school his junior year because he and not quit because he, he wasn't making bad grades. He just wasn't finding the value in it because he was like, where am I ever going to, you know, use my English and math and all this kind of stuff. So we got him to do welding and, and now he works full time and he's got his welding certificate. And then. So it's not a dual enrollment success story, but I will tell you, you know, a little bit real quick, my own personal with Hassan, he, he's always kind of, he's my kid, but we got him, he was working at Woodstock Furniture Outlet, putting furniture together, you know, making, you know, okay money. And okay. I said, do you want to do this forever? And he was like, oh no, no. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I don't know. I don't, I need, I don't know what else there is to do. And so again, he's kind of one that I was like, well, have, you know, you really like, putting stuff together, building stuff, creating stuff, but you don't have any training. 
you know, because when he got the job at Woodstock Furniture Outlet, it was just, you know, they trained him on the job and how to put stuff together. Right. And so I so said, why don't you just take a welding class? He was like, well, I don't know. And I said, well, just think about it. So a semester went by and he went ahead and took one. And then the next semester he took two more. And then he started working at, I think it's like called Southern Wall. I don't, I don't remember. But anyway, he got a job as a welder. And now he's like, his boss is on vacation this week and he's running the crew. That's amazing. So, you know, with, and he's only taken a few welding classes there. Now he's got multiple certifications. He, he actually sent me a picture of his, his latest certificate today was for some kind of crane operating where you call the program out. I don't remember, but you know, there's just a, a lot of those stories. I, I mean, I could go on and on about my, my, I personally, you know, think my daughter's a success story. You know, she didn't know what she wanted to do. And she was, she just graduated this year. She, um, as a senior, but she's at chat tech doing cosmetology. And I know that's not one of the skilled trades, but it still goes to that same mindset of, what can I do where I can learn a trade? And so her spring semester, she was taking 19 hours at Chat Tech and still going to her high school for a couple periods a day. But her whole spring semester at Chat Tech for cosmetology was paid for because it was dual enrollment. So -hmm. then, and then summer school, I paid for that. And she's going to graduate and have her cosmetology degree in the fall and then still transfer to Georgia Southern. So and she's not, you know, and instead of the whole mindset of, oh, now she's a semester behind, she's actually a semester ahead because while she was doing dual enrollment, she took, you know, psychology, an English class, a computer class. So she's taking classes that will transfer down there. So she's continuing with the four-year degree. And again, it, and I, I don't, what I don't want is for people to think that I'm, I'm anti-college because I'm not, you know, as I mentioned, there's a lot, a lot of things you have to go to a four-year school to get, sure, sure, definitely. but there are also a lot of kids who don't have to go. Yeah. So you want to show like, both options. Correct. It versus just focusing on the one. And so my daughter's kind of one that is using that. She's when she goes down to Georgia Southern, she wants to get a job at that point as in a salon while she's putting herself through school for fashion design because she'll be able to do hair and nails and everything else. So, and, and that's what I tell the kids, just because you go and learn how to be a welder doesn't mean that's what your career is going to be, but it's definitely a stepping stone to where you're, you have something to fall back on. Does, you know, if college doesn't work out. So there's just, there's a lot of kids I could tell you about Keith and I, and I know we don't have time for that, but just kids that have gone and are trying the dual enrollment piece and are doing the, you know, technical aspect of it that are now successful that didn't didn't do it the traditional way. Yes. I also say, you know, your daughter can always make a good living doing that on the side. She can, someone will always pay to have their their makeup done. I'm going to to cover these grays. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's another client. But I always, I love work that you can do when you don't have to do a traditional nine to five. She can really do well right on campus. That's correct. Always going to be somebody who pay her to do that. Right. Especially doing nails and that sort of thing too. So Yeah. And it's not cheap. (laughs) No. And and I think that's the biggest thing that I want the kids to take away. And I say kids and because I'm older, but when I say kids, I also mean young adults to take away from it is just that have an open mind and know that there's some things out there that you could go for hardly any money and have no debt and a little bit of maybe, so maybe you do have to incur a tiny bit of debt, you know, to pay for it if you just can't write a check for it, but then you're going to make that back pretty quickly, pay that off. And you're, you're able to put yourself through school later until you figure out what you want to do. I just, I want young people to know that there's more opportunities out there and for parents to know, I think that's the biggest thing. The kids, you know, don't know about it 
they, you know, from if they don't hear about it at school, but if parents know, then the parents can say, Hey, little Johnny, did you know that your school offers this? And the, you know, the students will be like, Oh, I didn't know that. So I think it's just as important to educate the parents as it is the, the students themselves, because the parents, you know, as a mom, I know, you know, we have the biggest influence on our kids. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. You know, so the the parents need to know also that, hey, my kid could do dual enrollment their senior year and get and learn a trade. And I'm not going to have to pay to send them to, to four year school because they're already going to, you know, they'll be making decent money. So, you know, I hope that's a takeaway for anybody hearing the podcast and listening to this information is that there's a lot out there that you can go back and do on the side even to build up your own certifications and, and learn and acquire some skills and trades that's going to make, make them more valuable. You know, I think that the one thing that this COVID and all the layoffs taught us was, you know, that the quote signature, the essential worker. Well, there's a lot of people, those essential workers, a lot of them weren't the ones necessarily with four-year degrees. They were the ones who learned, I mean, your your air conditioners were still breaking down, your cars were still breaking down, you know, and that sort of thing. So I think, and I think that in light of everything that has happened, that has really shown that sometimes those trade skills are maybe more important at the end of the day than some others. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. You know, people were in their homes more. And right. I remember talking to a couple of plumbers who said that, because I do have a lot of these podcast interviews and do these day of life interviews. They said they were busier because people were wearing out their toilets. They were using things that they don't normally use that right. often. So they were very much in demand. And I think if there's one thing that all of us are going to make a call, you know, we're in Georgia, Jessica. So I need my air conditioning. conditioning breaks down. Promise you, you're making that call. Like you want somebody to fix it ASAP. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it does show again how important they are. Well, Jessica, any final advice you'd like to share? Because you've given so much, so many great nuggets and so much great advice. Any any final nuggets you'd like to share? Oh, uh, maybe just. Again, to, to stay open-minded, and if you are a student, make sure you talk to your counselor about, you know, what there are for opportunities in your area. Visit your the technical school in your area's website. See what kind of, you know, trades they offer. Contact the school. You know, just reach out. Look up Be Pro, Be Proud. Join the movement. Follow Skill Stadium on Instagram. It's amazing. I, I think that's the biggest thing is keep an open mind. Be willing to learn something new and you do you because your four-year degree is your debt. It's not anybody else's when you're trying to go for somebody else. Definitely. Definitely. Great advice. Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest on the Skill Stadium podcast and wish you much success. Hope things go well with the move. I know that (laughs) (laughs) that, that's a challenge. Try to enjoy your summer. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to. I got to. I'm packing some boxes so I can find some towels and dishes. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Thank you Take so much, Keith. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.